So I've been thinking about the past a lot lately. And my past. And how it relates back to, like, all of the trans people before us. And it's part of, like, this big, endless chain. And that there are people who, like a lot of our trans ancestors, come to the end of this hereditary line, and instead of choosing to continue it, choose to live an extraordinary, interesting life. And I think that that is really relevant to Breakfast at Tiffany's, and that's one of the things that brought me back to it. So this week, we're continuing a discussion that Henry and I first had three years ago, talking at Breakfast at Tiffany's. I'm Ada Road Short, a queer trans woman whose pronouns are she, her, and... I'm Henry Jardina, a trans mask dirtbag um, who's vaping in a bathrobe right now <laughs> at my parents' house. <laughs> Which fucking rules, and is... I think very in spirit of this episode in this book. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So how are you doing, Henry? You know, the holidays are rough, but I'm uh I'm surviving. I'm just trudging on. There was snow last night and now then there was rain and now it's just disgusting and slushy and we're working with it. It's fine. How are you doing? How how is what is the weather like over there? I'm guessing it's cold. It is chilly in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, We're recording this the day before Thanksgiving. It's chilly. I'd say it's nippy. It's like starting to get to freezing. I just got my little like greenhouse all insulated for um, the rest of the winter. So hopefully I won't kill my little i put a little space heater in there because it gets really cold but i think it's pretty well insulated so it shouldn't be a problem yeah uh yeah very cold plants yeah Yeah, which is not ideal for those plants they're not cold weather plants no i mean none of us are really cold weather plants are we because cold weather sucks but yeah fair but it's fine you know Keeping just keeping on is what we're doing. Keeping on. So, did you yeah. get a chance to re-listen to the old episode or revisit the book at all in the past couple weeks? I did not um, <laughs> at all because I had the craziest day, and I didn't think I was going to be on this episode. Yeah, um, you, you were a last-second substitution. I was, yeah, pinch hitter, but that's fine. Um, what I did do is watch the Albert Brooks documentary <laughs> last night and cried, and it was amazing. Um, but yeah, Breakfast at Tiffany's. I mean, I feel like it's funny because it feels like deja vu because, like, this was, was it like the third one we did of the podcast? Was it like the third episode or second episode? It wasn't the second, it was in the first five or so. It was right. when we were After still scripting Disney. a lot and they were long. Yeah, we went through yeah. like our Disney trilogy and then Breakfast at Tiffany's. So like, maybe it was right. four. Right. Um, it was about this time three years ago, which is Yeah, in 2020. Wild. Yeah, which is fucking crazy. Like, yeah, I feel like we've both gone through like just many revolutions of of being, 
Um, and yeah, and now we're like in the middle of a genocide and, and it's a, like a very weird time to be discussing Holly Collins, <laughs> who is, who like loves, I mean, we don't know that she loves genocide, but in the book, she does end up like in Africa and she says some fucked up things. Um, I mean, I think Holly Golightly <laughs> is problematic. Yeah. But like, like she says things that are problematic, but then she's like, not, yeah, no, she's racist not. about it, which it's such well, a it's a type that doesn't exist anymore. She has like a specific type of racism where she's like, right, like yeah, yeah. I'll fuck a and then says a slur, and it's like I don't oh God. like that yeah. you said that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think Madge Wildwood is is really the more problematic one. Yeah, perhaps Madge um, and Rusty love not love Hitler. Oh yeah, they love Hitler, which is like not you know not that uncommon at that moment in time which is funny um yeah but yeah Madge Wildwood is definitely that was kind of my favorite discovery from reading I read the book and then I reread it but I like had totally just not even taken that character in until you pointed her out and I was like oh shit yeah Holly surrounds herself with like other trans women because in the movie it's that kind of thing of like not like other girls I don't have female friends um it's just sort of like me and like these dudes. But in the book, there's like a lot more of like looking at Holly's world and her like social purview, which I liked learning about. Yeah. But yeah. So I reread the book, which is great. It's one of my favorite books. It still holds up. And I re listened to our episode. And I think as far as like quality of radio media, goes it really it does hold up um but one thing that i thought was really fascinating and i suspect if we go back as we go back and revisit some of these because of how the show started we got really bogged down in kind of like the trans investigation like the more (laughs) relevant the media is the less i think we actually engage with it because instead we're like here is every mm. way Holly Golightly is trans. And it's almost mm. like listicle yeah. density of that. And then not talking enough about the what's text, meaningful. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. I agree. Um, yeah. Cause she is just like, in general, such a great character and I need to read more Truman Capote. I feel like I, have not I've been meaning to read um other voices other rooms this year I read answered prayers which is amazing have you read that one no I haven't read that one it's his unfinished book and it's so gossipy and bitchy and it's like a very thinly veiled caricature of him and it's like ten there's a Tennessee Williams character who's like a scat queen and there's like this famous author and this famous author um but what I found interesting about that protagonist and kind of relating to Holly um, is that that the main character is kind of like just a very messy bisexual and he's an orphan. Um, and I think the trajectory of the novel was supposed to be like, this is how he sleeps his way to the top. Like he kind of is like a hustler, but not really. And just like this guy that knows everybody. And I think uh, Truman Capone, Capote really understands like queer and trans sort of like the loneliness of like either like, Perhaps if you're not a literal orphan, you're still sort of just like this person who like got on a bus as Holly is like, and as we learn, she like escaped her like 
random marriage to someone who was like 40 when she was 15 and like the trauma of that and then she came to New York she and met when she herself. was like 12 when she yeah was like pre-pubescent um and yeah I there's just like a lot to to feel for in in those kinds of characters who are just like all alone in the world and sort of just making their way and like it really is I think like Holly Golightly is an interesting character because in a lot of ways, she's, like, very alone, but she's without loneliness. Like, she seems to enjoy her life, and, like, the movie obviously makes it into this, like, prescriptive, like, you need a man. But in the book, it's kind of like, yeah, she's doing it. Like, she has a great fucking life, and that's awesome. I mean, that's kind of, like, the thesis of the book revealed in the last, like, the last few pages, is that, like, this whole time... She she had it. She had the life. She mm-hmm. had this th- like this thing going for her where she was like happy and she had all of her needs met. And she should have mm-hmm. just like named the cat and settled down instead of yeah. chasing this unobtainable thing. And I think so, something that resonated with me when rereading that now is having like where I was when we recorded this, where like. Mm. When we recorded that, I was very much at the end of, like, my own, uh, like, ingenue era, where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I'm going around. I'm a party girl. I am meeting all these interesting <laughs> people and making out with them. And <laughs> yes, it was. And now it's like I am living in the Midwest. Right mm-hmm. now, as we're recording, I'm sitting in the house my girlfriend and I just bought. Wow, congratulations. That's huge. Yeah. Oh my god. I know. That's awesome. Um, a thing you can do in the Midwest. But it's like I'm not yes. I'm figuring out what I kind of want to do because we need to do some sort of social media to keep this going and to keep Splendor Queer going. Mm-hmm. But like I've kind of found my thing and settled down and like named the cat a bit. Mm. And in the same way where like Holly leaves and we know that she like initially is still trying to like make it and become this ingenue and she like goes to cuba right before the cuban revolution which i think is so fucking funny which i did not pick up on the first time i read this Um, timing great timing as usual yeah. yeah um yeah but and then she just ends up being like this anonymous woman traveling the world going on adventures and just like presumably living like a wonderful exotic life yeah yeah um but is like at that point like anonymous and nobody's seen her and she went from being like an it girl on the cover of magazines to just being like just doing her own thing in obscurity and that kind of rules yeah an adventurous Yeah. yeah and like yeah and i think it's like very poignant too because like you know obviously like settling down looks different for everyone and like some people settling down means like raising a family and buying a house whatever but i think it is like when we recorded that episode i was like 32 and now i'm 35 and it's like the difference between those ages is kind of huge and i'm not gonna say i'm like more settled now because i'm absolutely not and i'm like constantly trying to like reinvent my life um much like Holly, but for different reasons. But 
yeah, it just sort of makes you think about the fact that, like, queer people don't have to do anything conventional. Like, it's nice if you want to do conventional things, but it's also, like, you maybe won't get the pressure from family members of, like, time to settle down, clocks ticking, like the Bridget Jones diary thing. <laughs> Which is cool. Um... Yeah, you can wander. You can go to Cuba before the revolution if you want to. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Straight people can do that too, I guess. But, you know, do they want to? I don't know. They don't. They don't want to do that. They hate that idea. Yeah. Um, Screw them. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about this other big art project I started a while ago, and it's kind of, finally kind of coming to its next thing in a couple weeks it's going to be one of the first episodes of the next issue this is i guess the last we we have our like q a letters episode next week by the way so please submit those comments i'll solicit them on the discord i should actually also double check the discord because i forgot to um during that is also when i'm going to do the thank yous Ooh, we do have one so i will look at that mm. in a bit but, um, oh, well, so sweetie. this one thing I think about a lot, or are you talking to your puppy or she am I your sweetie was... now? <laughs> sweetie. She was sniffing the mic and oh. it was like making it make sound. I was trying to explain, but she's, yeah, Wallace is the best. She doesn't understand how things work. Chew your stick, honey. <laughs> <laughs> The sentence I say most often, she has a bully stick, and this is the only way to stop her from, like, annoying me while I'm doing things. That's valid. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, but what I was saying is, like, the... So, a thing I've been kind of working on over the past, I guess, couple of years now, but it's now... But more, more formally for about a year, is this exploration of kind of, like trans spirituality and spiritual history and like what that mm. means and mm. kind of some themes along that and like synchronism um and there's this thing that kind of is like freeing that you see depicted in various ways throughout history along like castration which is like First of all, a super early thing humans have been doing, like tens of thousands of years, humans like figured that out and they're like, mm. yeah, we can just like take the balls off of someone. And now they're like, hell yeah. Now they can sing beautifully. I mean, that was even chorus. way later. This was like, like they did that and they were like, well, we're either going to do this as a punishment to take you out of this like long, mm. continuous, connected mm. life thing that is humanity and all of life. Or we do that and now you're a goddess or like yeah. a priestess. And those are yeah. like, depending on how you're looking at it, it's either like liberation or death is mm. kind of like the earliest form of transition. Hell yeah. And I think that that's still kind of what we're doing. And that's also kind of like Holly Golightly's entire deal. Is she's true. like, yeah. I want liberation. Oh, or yeah. like, or nothingness. And that's kind of her two vibes. Or give me fucking death, Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Suck it. Yeah. Have, All have of you the gotten... founding fathers should have cut off their balls 
and America would have been better. That's the... I mean, no question. Like, no, Mm -hmm. that's not even slightly controversial to say, because I think we're pretty aware at this point. Have you gotten into the, to the Sibley and Addis story, which is my favorite in the world? Obsessed. Um, Obsessed with that mess. And... Yeah, like, it's just really fucking cool. I mean, are there things that you've learned that have, like, particularly surprised you in, in terms of, like, looking specifically at trans spirituality? Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. I mean, a big part of it is, I mean, there's kind of that meme where it's gone around about like, um, trans women frustrated, like trans women yelled at by person at Starbucks for getting order wrong would have been worshipped as high priestess (laughs) 10,000 years ago, that meme sort of thing. And just like the extent to which... Not only is that kind of true, but it like reoccurs again and again and again cool. as kind of this like larger spiritual truth. And like, there's this thing. Um, so, Super Gods by Grant Morrison, they Ooh. kind of like they explain this thing that I think about a lot, where um, they talk about basically being on a trip and realizing for the first time that. Like, all of life, all of everything is this single, like, connected, branching organism. Mm. And, like, if you, like, if you take the time variable and you just flatten it to an instant, like, we're all walking these big snaking paths, right? Yeah. And then that connects us back to everything. And generally, the assumption is that, like, you are just kind of like the next part of the snaking path and that there's paths that are going to branch off of you. Mm. But then by choosing to separate yourself from that path, I think that that is like, that becomes this whole other thing, right? Like actively choosing to be like, I reject this mm-hmm. hetero, like, I'm going to call it like a paleo heteronormative assumption. This like going back thing. that's like, yes, my purpose is to reproduce and make more humans. And by rejecting that, you're kind of just making this spiritual choice to be like, I am choosing a different path that is like in a completely different direction from the path. Literally, every living thing between me and the start of life has chosen. And that kind of fucking rules, and I think is inherently a disruptive thing and puts you into this place where you're able to make like different decisions and think about things differently where everyone else has to think like, well, what is the thing that allows me to exist and reproduce? Instead, it's kind of like this, what else is there question, right? It's yeah. like actively choosing to exist in a different way. 
Yeah. And I kind of feel like all of those like terminal points in this giant tree are all just kind of connected by that like discontinuity. Mm-hmm. Like they all, I have no idea what that sound is. I'm so sorry. Uh, but they all end in the same place. Yeah. Um, there might be dogs rushing in soon is what it is. Um, oh, all right. And I think that that's kind of like an, a thing I think about a lot in this, like the, hmm. I've I've showed these on the little podcast feed a few times, but I have like my Scythian sleeve, which is like, um, they had like the Inari, which were like their trans priestesses. And uh, you talked about Sybil and her cult yes. or Sibeli. I don't know how to pronounce yeah, ancient I Greek. No idea. I guess no one technically knows how exactly to pronounce ancient Greek. Um, we better do than our Latin. Best. Yeah. But is another one where it's like, oh, yeah, here's this line of transsexual priestesses. Because, um, yeah, I'm she's just... like, like, Addis is her, both her grandchild and like her mom. And then they like become each other. Like, he self castrates and then becomes Sibylly. And then there's like an almond tree or something crazy. Like, I, yeah, I love shit like that. <laughs> like, the the main reason Christianity is annoying, I mean, Judaism, you know, m- monotheistic religions that, like, don't have a lot of interesting storytelling is, like, you don't get, like, cool, fucked up stories like that. Like, I want more mermaids in religion. Like, what happened to the fantastical? More goddesses, more people turning into trees. Um more centaurs and more mermaids. Is that so much to ask? I don't think so. Yeah, I want there's... magic in my religion, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my it's gosh, nice. you're now being Oh my god, that was cat. a very passionate uh, meow, Clem. That wasn't Clem. That's oh, uh, okay. Maybelline New York. Um, <laughs> that's Candy's cat. <laughs> oh, Maybelline New York. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so Edith Hamilton in her book Mythology talks about um like what kind of sets the Greeks within the like the the Western spiritual tradition apart from the the like cults and religions before the Greek pantheon is that they are the first gods that make the move from conceptual representation and like um what is it is it animus and a like animal deities to to human deities like they become it's the gods become human and Mm. start to have really direct relationships with each other that mimic human relationships where before the gods were the darkness that existed (laughs) out in the wilderness and the unknown right the Greek gods then become a reflection of like human civilization being built. And that, Mm. that is why like, that is a chain that we have that we continue to go to is like the Romans pick it up. And then like, you can Mm. look at Jesus is literally then the next step in that of like where the Greeks were men becoming gods in this way, where it's like looking at it as like, we created gods of humanity instead of gods from the wilderness. Then Jesus is then taking God and being like, making him literally human. Hmm. 
and yeah. how it's like the natural evolution of this concept. Um, there are a lot of other faith traditions outside of like the Western Abrahamic chain that also have this thing where you can see like their gods becoming doing the step between uh, like these animal deities or concept deities into human deities and like civilization deities, which is super fucking interesting. Mm. Um, but I think, Ooh. I just think that's neat. That is cool. I mean, yeah. Cause like, I like the Greek gods cause they all have like a job to do. And it's kind of like, there's like a real housewives element where like, you don't know necessarily what their powers are, or what makes their powers different. You just know that they all have specific jurisdictions and certain things piss them off. Like Juno hates uh, when Zeus is fucking other people, even though like that's just what Zeus does. Like I don't even know what the point of him is besides to like be horny um, and just like rape maidens. Like that seems to be his whole thing. Hermes is my favorite because he's like a messenger god. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they all. I yeah, yeah. They're just they're just cool. I love them. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about that more. Also, I have we have an episode with Maya Dean coming up where we're going to talk about her book, Wrath Goddess Sings, and then also the new translation of the Iliad that came out. Ooh, um, very nice. Which is really good. I'd highly recommend reading it. It's, I'll hold it up. It's, I and, hate the fucking Iliad so much. I love the Odyssey, but the Iliad, no. That okay, does I, look pretty, though. That looks lovely. So it's Emily Wilson's translation. Her, her translation of the Odyssey, if you haven't read it, is also astounding. But her translation mm-hmm. of the Iliad just came out this year and is nice. a new must read for me. I'm an Iliad girly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, in yeah. general, I'm a classics girly because of going to Baylor, uh, where that was a, an education I got that you don't get in America a lot anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah, her translation is really good. I highly recommend it. But nice. um, one thing that, again, Edith Hamilton, which I'm. Edith Hamilton's mythology is like a super interesting book. And it's really interesting to me that like she wrote what is still one of like the biggest scholarly sources on this. And she was like a school teacher who was just like, I'm going to do a dissertation plus more like doctoral level work on mythology and history. Um, But she lays out all of the pantheons and their relations in them Mm. and talks about how like the Titans led to the Olympians, but then this thing that got kind of lost in earlier translations of like the Iliad and the Odyssey is like, like Thetis, Achilles's mother. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like in other translations that I read, it got kind of lost where it's like, where they're just like, well, she's a nymph and don't explain what that is. And it's like, <laughs> no, she, that's a goddess. She is a goddess whose father is like, a different a goddess of a different sea where it's like Poseidon and Zeus and Hades are like kind of the the trinity mm-hmm. that came out of um the Titans as like they are the right. three brothers. They're the brothers. Yeah. And then yeah. um but there's like this whole other familial line and all these familial lines within the Greek pantheon. And then they also just are like anthropomorphizing concepts. We're so off fucking topic. <laughs> so we'll come are back we, to though? this discussion <laughs> later. <laughs> Let's talk about breakfast at Tiffany's a little more. Um, yeah, because we're going to talk about that a lot in the next couple months. 
Um, That's I mean, exciting. How does Breakfast at Tiffany's relate, though, to, I guess, like, in a way, she is very much like an archetypal, Holly Golightly is an archetypal goddess of youth. Like, she, yeah. And, like, there's something to be said about, like, the, you know, the tweet that's like, every gay man, like, has to, it's like, written somewhere that every gay man, like, must devote all his time and energy and love to one living woman. That's <laughs> like, Holly Golightly is that for so many different gay men, and probably other women in that story. And like, that kind of I feel like that kind of culture is like, obviously it exists and like there's that dynamic, but I do feel like there's something really special about like just being like the girl that everyone adores, like for reasons that aren't like sexual or obvious. It's just like she serves cunt and we are obsessed with her and everything she does is cunt and we love it. Have you ever seen Laura, the, the noir? No, talk. Tell me about it. Oh, it's so good. It kind of like has shades of the the Holly Golightly story because it's basically about like, um, there's a massive twist halfway through. So when it opens, it's like this woman has just been murdered, and she's like this amazing socialite, and she's like a career woman, and she has all these bows, and she has all these like her best friend is this like really bitchy gay man, um who is just like obsessed with her and she, like all these men are obsessed with her. Um, and she's just kind of like above it all and like really cool and super hot. And she's played by Jean Tierney, who's an amazing actress who I love. Um, and then like, you sort of go into like her life story through this detective who's researching her murder. Um, but then there's a twist and there's much more to the story than you think. And it's like, it's kind of like, what if Rebecca, what if in the, the story of Rebecca, Rebecca like showed up to sort of dispute some of the facts and figures being like espoused by people who don't know what they're fucking talking about. And it's like, wait, 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 hold on. Like you gays need to shush because like, here's my actual life. Like it's very much like that. It's so cool. And it's just like, yeah, there's this idea of sort of like, People who, like, are not necessarily famous for anything in particular, but you're just, like, obsessed with them. And, like, I feel like all queer people sort of have that kind of, like, obsession with, like, some figure. Um, like, I remember sort of encountering it first when I realized that, like, like, I really liked Britney Spears' music, but I felt kind of ashamed of it because it was just, like, a very femphobic and shitty time and she got a lot of shit. But I, like, realized that like me and my friends liked her for more than just like the music and like the music being good it was like there was this idea of who she was and I feel like that was like a lot of people's first like meaningful encounter with celebrity and maybe like parasocial relationships and I think like Holly Golightly is sort of like a local like celebrity who again it's like seeing like Amanda Lepore on the on the subway and it's like oh shit it's that girl and like you don't exactly know why they're culturally important but like everything about them is you're just like yes hail to the queen like i yeah i love that character and i love stories around like centered around like those kind of just like socialite goddesses i mean in both cases 
drawing a line between Holly Golightly and Britney Spears, it's that there's this media that's like being like, oh, we will make her this mm-hmm. thing and like stand her up and be like, oh, Cathay Society girl, she's going to be in headlines. She's right. She's it. She is our queen. Yes. And then they're just waiting for her to like fuck up once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then literally they like chase her out of the country. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like we love to build her up and obviously we love a downfall and we love to tear her down. And like with Britney, that's like one of the most like famous. I mean, it's still it's a story that's obviously like still unraveling and is just like so insane to realize like how much she was manipulated and fucked over and like treated horribly and how complicit we all kind of were in it just because the culture was awful. And yeah, like Holly, I mean, I feel like she, she sort of is in the opposite situation because Brittany definitely suffers from having a family, which like her family was not looking out for her as opposed to, I mean, yeah, no, Holly is not an orphan. I guess Holly like did have to run away from a really fucked up dad. So yeah, they, they share a lot. Who, yeah. Have you read Brittany's book? Not yet. Uh, okay, you, sh- you should. It actually like yeah. further kind of. There, there is definitely a whole discussion we could have about Britney Spears and Holly Golightly mm-hmm. and the ways we like sexualize youth, and mm-hmm. like in a really problematic way, and that those same women that we then be like become obsessed over and like mm-hmm. hyperfixate on as a culture and are like yes queen, we're just like then we then sacrifice them and are like right. Well, now mm-hmm. we must burn her on the pyre because <laughs> the only right. thing that society loves more than a beautiful woman is destroying a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, she's too powerful. Like, we have to, like, bring her down a peg. Because, yeah, it's like, what is the... Like, what was the threat? I mean, it's just like... I don't know. I guess it's just, this is how misogyny, like, works. <laughs> It's just like, we don't like her. She's a witch. Like, I guess that's just the classic thing. But like, Holly Lightly really like commands a lot of like respect from people. She also definitely gets in like gnarly situations. But it's definitely just like, it makes you think about like people that you've met where you're like, you seem like someone who's always, who was just born with great self-esteem. And I find that so confusing, but also like so fascinating and exciting because it's like, wow, like that's like good for you. That fucking rules. <laughs> like you like yourself and you know your worth and that's really cool. Like, good I mean, job. I, I think with Holly though, that's like a thing she had to cultivate. Like she definitely isn't born yeah. with it. It's a thing she no. actively works to cultivate. And mm-hmm. like- there's a lot of discussion of her her like fear of losing that and like trying to find security by like projecting mm. the idea of it. Um yeah. we do need to wrap up in the next couple of minutes. And I did wanna so hey Zelda in the Discord in the show chat, she did say we don't need to read this comment, but I want to read it anyway, <laughs> just because it made me feel nice is this episode was very in-depth. So even though I don't really plan to read it, it's nice to have been walked through it, having a guide through the darker stuff and still getting to enjoy the way it's not afraid to show people with complicated gender, feelings, needs, paths, and opinions. And 
I think that really covers something I really love about this book that is like so removed from the movie version is it shows like really complicated characters Mm -hmm. that don't get shown a lot in that perspective. Like Mm -hmm. with Holly, we still have this thing where the narrative is either like this woman is like, I mean, it's like Taylor Swift or Amy Winehouse who were (laughs) contemporaries. And we like always forget about that, which is fucked up. But like where Taylor Swift, it's like, Oh, she's like boss bitch girly can do no wrong. Um, Or it's this person that's like, oh, we are going to destroy this woman who Mm -hmm. there's there's not a substantive difference between those two people. It's just we chose to destroy one versus the other. Um, And we rarely get stories told where we have where we get to see someone who's both and where we get to see like complicated queerness and like an old Mm -hmm. gay racist man who owns a bar and like (laughs) uh. Japanese man during the 1940s who's just yeah. being like, I can't Working deal with people's racism. Yeah, he's just yeah. doing his own fucking thing. He's doing his job. Yeah. Yeah. And like to see characters like that and not have them get punished or sort of neatly squared away, which is like the failure of the movie to sort of just not let the gay narrator be the gay narrator and let Holly like be who she is. Like, yeah, like books of that time are much more likely to give you just a sense of like, yeah, life was a rich tapestry. <laughs> and like yeah people just like exist and it's cool well and ultimately the thing about the book that is so beautiful is she doesn't save the cat where that's like the Mm -hmm. change that they're like this is what made the movie work is she saves the cat and it's like no because like (laughs) that's not how life works like she can't save the cat she can't keep having her life she can't stay yeah she lived this life that is like really fascinating and fun and like free, but like the world doesn't let women do that. And especially doesn't let queer women do that. And like so many times, like one of the things that I'm hesitant about going back to social media over and funnily Roxanne Gay was talking about this on, um, we can do hard things this last week in their latest episode. Yeah which is um, Glenn and Doyle and Abby Wambach's podcast that people should totally listen to. But like on social media, we're constantly just like destroying these women. And it's like, you can't Mm -hmm. save the cat. There's no leeway for that. You fuck up once and it's gone. You're never seeing that cat again. You don't get to go back and name it. You Mm -hmm. don't get to go back to this life people will just continue to like drag you and find you and the more that we enter this world that we were entering this world where like parasocial relationships and like like micro celebrity was a thing the more we're just creating the system where it's like Mm -hmm. we are deifying and then destroying people and funnily i think the destruction of twitter has kind of disrupted (laughs) that a little bit and given people a chance to like Mm. reevaluate it but yeah yeah i don't know what the conclusion to that thought is it's just it's a thing that we're still living with god wallace it's okay (laughs) wallace is really upset that the world won't let queer women do their thing wallace is so fucking justified as a queer woman she's not happy about it yeah same no it sucks (laughs) 
but we do what we can. <laughs> I'm know. leaving all that in because that actually punctuates things really well. Yeah, no, and this that's makes great. For a great <laughs> segue to wrapping up. So, um, how many, where can people even find you these days? Oh my God. Um, under a rock or on what's left of Twitter and all platforms at Punk Groucho and at intomore.com where I'm the editor and at henryjardina.substack.com. Where can people find you? Wait, really quick though. And then aren't you also working on another podcast project too? Do you want to plug that one? Yes. It's called I'll Watch Anything. um, And it is on all podcast thingies. So yeah, listen to it. It's great. We talk about movies. Great. Um, I don't know. In theory, I'm on Blue Sky and also in theory, I'm on TikTok. I barely post on either of them. I'm on Instagram, also not really posting there right now. Um, in the new year, I might, but on those, you can find me at the underscore ADA underscore R-H-O-D-E-S. That's the Ada Rhodes. Um, this is currently my... uh, my audio thingy I'm doing is this podcast. And then there's the print zine of it. And then um, you can find the thing that is currently financially tied to this podcast, which is splendorqueer.com, where I post my art and t-shirts I design and other stuff. Um, I have a weird book that is coming. It's a self-published book and it's super fucking weird. And we'll talk about it in a couple weeks. um so look out for that it'll be yeah um nice what's it called oh my god uh (laughs) so it's not a fiction book it's like the weird we'll we'll talk about that it's technically unnamed which (gasps) is part of the whole thing yeah um awesome yeah so look out for that um That'll be a fun, a fun thing that's happening soon. Well, we're going to have like at least one episode talking about it in the next issue. So also we have a Christmas episode coming up. Um, Yay. Yeah. People like our Christmas episodes. They're fun to make. Um, Katie and Jack are in charge of the big thrust on that this year. So we will see what that looks like. So Nice um like and subscribe leave us a comment back us on patreon um we will be doing the thank yous for the new patron patreon patreon patrons <laughs> in the next episode which will be our q a if you are currently a patron um at the five dollars or more level let us know questions and comments you have and we'll discuss them in the next episode post them in the show chat on discord and with that Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>